Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And this is our last episode in Rome. Yes, our last episode on this trip to Rome, Katie, but we have many more to come for sure. This somewhat accursed trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a good trip. It's been a good trip, but boy, it has not been without its problems. Yeah, we didn't mention, I guess we did mention when we were taping at my house that Aurelio's been sick. Yeah, so it's like, I, I get COVID, I get better, we can get together, Aurelio gets sick. Yeah, which means Aurelio's not going to school. Even though he's still testing negative for COVID, he's not going to school, so it's, you know, not as easy for me to get together with Katie, so it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge, and our microphone broke. <laughs> Luckily, this machine has a pretty decent internal microphone. Yeah, it's been it's been a kind of one thing after another, but also, as we've mentioned, if you've been listening all along, you know, some great things have come of it, too, you know, like um, having COVID while being in the very romantic position of convalescing on the Italian coast. So you can't get... can't complain too much. Yeah, you can't complain too much. But we may have had more ambitious plans for this trip than we are going to have time for. But we want to talk a little bit about time as our final episode. Let's first describe what we're looking at, because it's such a great example of the ravages and the passage of time. Yeah. We're sitting inside... Circo Massimo right now, the oldest racetrack, the oldest circus in Rome that predates Julius Caesar, predates the Roman Republic, dates all the way back to the time of the last kings of Rome. And we're looking across towards the palaces on the Palatine Hill that, of course, if you've seen them, you know they are uh, crumbling, they are exposed brick. They're not in the best shape, but they are very evocative and uh, and do make you realize how tiny and minuscule and insignificant our time on Earth is when you think of how long they've survived. Yeah, so do you know off the top of your head about when these would have been built and maybe an approximation, even though we don't necessarily know what they might have looked like back then? Yeah, I don't really do tours of the Palatine Hill. It's not my area of expertise, but I did have to study them. And I remember that these particular ones, I believe, are from the 3rd century AD, which was sort of the like between the second and th- early third century AD is sort of the height of Roman power, Septimus Severus and you know, other emperors of that time. I believe this might be the palace of Septimus Severus. I'm not, like I said, this is not my area of expertise. When I get requests for the Colosseum and the Palatine Hill, I always give them to more ancient minded tour guides than myself. But yeah, I mean, let's say 1800 roughly years old. Right, and as we're sitting here, it looks like, like she mentioned, crumbling brick. The archways are in pretty good, t- pretty well intact. Yeah, but they've it, been restored, though. Yeah, and slowly over time, the top is wearing down. Would it have been marble or at least white in color back then, do we think? Well, they would have had it faced with something, possibly marble, more likely travertine, which was more readily available and less expensive and easier to work with. And sometimes that marble or travertine was painted a lot of people think of ancient Rome as being this gleaming white place, you know, these white temples, but actually they were often very colorful. Hmm. When I was in Portofino on the coast, actually, and even, I, actually every town I drove through on the coast, most of the buildings were painted to look more dramatic than they actually were. They were usually a square building without much detailing at all, but then they would paint it as if it was built in this ancient Roman way. Have you seen that? Uh, No, actually. It's very interesting. I have some pictures. I'll have to send them to you. 
so we want to talk a little bit about time, particularly because my time here is ending. But, you know, all times come to an end. And that is the thing maybe that makes life meaningful, but also the thing that makes life tragic, right? Mm. Like everything must end, including my time in Rome. But on a bigger sense, you were kind of hearkening back to a bittersweet moment I did quite a long time ago now. It would have come out May 12th. I believe it was number 154. Okay. And it was basically about the math of rethinking the end of COVID from a mathematical point of view. And I read you part of an article that appeared in the New York Times. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that because some of what we're going to talk about is going to make a lot more sense if you've heard that bittersweet moment. But it's basically about how, you know, we think that our days, I mean, we know intellectually that our days are countable. But we don't necessarily think of them as really distinctly countable. And the first time I ever really thought about this, although I've always, I always think about this kind of stuff, as you all know, was when, and we've mentioned this on the show, I think, was when a friend of mine told me that he had been talking with an older friend of his about his life and what he wanted to do with his life now that he was retired. And the man said, well, the way I figure it, if I'm lucky, I probably only have eight summers left or something like that and when you thought about life in that you might only have eight summers left the infinite feeling of time all of a sudden feels like well the summer is a distinct thing and that I could get to a point in my life where there's only eight of them left if I'm lucky yeah yeah. Then it makes like, what are you going to do that summer? All the more important. It, it goes back to those elementary school, have a great summer. You know, what are you going to do on vacation? Feelings, except almost more important. Yeah, I think of it often in terms of spring, like particular flowers when they're blooming. For me, April is the month of wisteria. And sometimes I, I just miss it. You know, I'm not, whatever, I'm really busy and I don't have time to spend a lot of time going places with lots of wisteria. And I miss the wisteria season. And I'm like, well, next year, you know. But to think, yeah, I only have eight springs left. Yeah, and I know that some of you listening think about this. I, I believe it was Sonny and Mike, our listener Sonny and Mike, who wrote to me and said that they were planning a trip to Rome and that they thought that this would probably be their last trip to Rome. Yeah. And that got me thinking, like, of course there's going to be, even for me, there's going to be a time when this is the last trip to Rome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for everything. And what really got me in that article was this idea that, you know, you have X number of weeks in your entire life or days or however you want to count it. And as you're a child and you're growing up, you spend every single day, at least some part of every single day with your parents. And then there comes a time when you leave home. And for most of us, maybe not most, but a lot of us, we we also move to a different city or like me, a different country. And the time that we spend with our parents decreases dramatically from 365 days a year to maybe 10 days a year, if we're lucky. So you think, okay, you know, I've lived 19 years, I have X many years to go, uh, providing I live to be, let's say, 90. But you don't have the same amount of time with your parents left. You have this very, very limited number of time, amount of time because you see them so infrequently. And that makes me chill, have chills to the bone. A, because I don't see my mother very often. And I, I have major regrets in my life about not spending enough time with my father. And then he died. And I, I just felt like I lost so much time that I could have had with him. <laughs> 
Excuse me. <laughs> like, bless you. And I also feel it on the other side of being a parent because I'm like, I get my son every day right now. There's going to be a time when I won't see him. And I'll be like, honey, why don't you come visit? And he'll be like, mom, I'm busy. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, so it, really, it really brings it home. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're about to leave. We are very lucky. We we spend a lot of time together at least online. online. <laughs> it's not it's not the same. It's not the same, but we do have, you know, he talked also about like the time you spend with your with your childhood friends and how you know, it seems limitless. It seems like like you'll always see them and then all of a sudden you you hardly ever see them. So we at least have that, but you know, here you are, you're leaving. You don't, you know, you haven't been here for four years. We haven't seen each other in four years. That's a long time. Well, and I also have no idea when I'll be back Mm -hmm. because there are so many considerations to taking a trip this big, you know, financially, time, commitments. There's just so many things. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we didn't have the show, like the show is part of my I at least consider it part of my job you know whether or not it makes financial sense or not I consider it part of my work life and so at least I have something that forces it a little bit more that's beyond our friendship Uh, but like even still there's just so many things that could get in the way of coming again I mean we didn't see a pandemic happening so you never know yeah Uh, you know there's a war going on in Europe right now you know god forbid it should spread you just don't know the last time we went to the States last summer, you know, we had such a hard time getting there as I I talked about on the show. And as we were sort of like at the very, the moment before collapse basically and total exhaustion, I just remember thinking, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to travel anymore. Of course it was just a moment, a thought I was having in that moment, but I was like, I don't want to travel outside of Europe anymore. It's just too far. It's too, it's too exhausting. I just don't want to do it. And of course, of course I'm going to keep going back to the States, you know, obviously. But it, it made me think about my uh, great-grandparents who moved from Molise, Italy to West eastern Washington State in 1919. And they knew when they left that they would never see their parents again. They would never see their siblings again. Can you imagine doing that? No. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I mean... Never again. Like, it was traumatic enough for me when my sister moved out. And I thought, well, I'll never share, you know, I'll never have my sister in the room next door. We'll never share a bathroom again. And I didn't even really get along with my sister. So, (laughs) like, and it was hard enough for me that moment that filled me with nostalgia. Can you imagine being like, Mom, I'm never going to see you again? Yeah, it makes you, I wonder, it's another one of those historical moments that you must even feel more acutely when it's your own family. But what was the night before like? You know, did they have a big gathering? Did everybody come to say goodbye? Do you have any idea? I don't know. I mean, these, they were farm people. You know, they were very simple peasant types. And I don't. What about their best childhood friends? Did they all st- stop by and wish them well? Was it was it normal? Was it common? Was it were lots of people moving to the states at that time? And it was just like what you do. I don't know. I don't know how much like we are like projecting our modern way of doing things on that those people from the past. Parrots just flew over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they would have. And of course, there's a version of this still going on today. You know, there are people who are leaving countries for good and doing a very arduous journey where they may not return. And um, but it is in this in these new modern ways also, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, I just feel like like these days travel is so easy. It's still not 
cheap. Uh, I mean, it's cheaper than it was. But, you know, you know that, like, if, you're, if you live in a foreign country and your parent has a heart attack, you can find a way to get back there for the majority of us, of course. Um, but to think about the distances. The distances were just different back then. How would you feel if Aurelio moved to a foreign country? Now that you have this perspective of being the parent, you kind of have a different lens on what you did. So let's say he does exactly what you did. He moves really, really far away. Oh, I'm following him. (laughs) (laughs) He may not want you to. That's too bad. He can't stop me. (laughs) I'm going to be that mom. No, maybe not. I feel like that now because he's six and he's my angel and he's he's the love of my life and I'm the love of his life and I just can't imagine not seeing his face every day but you know I know that he will grow up and that need won't be there anymore um I can't imagine seeing him once a year like my mom sees me though does it give you more sympathy for your parents it does it definitely does Hmm. for sure I mean because you really did decide like you you didn't make as dramatic a decision as your great-grandparents did but you made a dramatic decision. Yeah, and my mom encouraged me. She encouraged me. I don't think she knew that... Did I she find you really irritating? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I didn't live in her home. I already had lived out far away from her in Boston and then in Montreal for like seven years. So she was used to not having me around all the time. But uh, I think she knew it was what I wanted, but I don't think she knew how long I was going to stay. I don't think she thought I would end up getting married and having a family here. Yeah, she didn't expect it to be permanent. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the the thrust of that article also was to think about that these numbers can be depressing on its on its edge. Like when you think about hanging out with your parents 365 days a year until you turn 18. And then the example he gives is that if you move away from your parents, you might have living parents for, you know, decades to come. But you might only see the, the equivalent of 365 more days total. And so that by the time you leave home is the example he gives, you only really have a year's worth of time in their presence left. But he's trying, he was trying to give it a positive spin and saying, you know, this is a way to rethink what you're going to do now that COVID is over. Not that it's over, but you know, that it's different is that you can like do the numbers, look at your own life, do the numbers and figure out like what you're lacking and make conscious decisions to change so that you could have two years left with your parents, Mm -hmm. two years physically left, or you could move closer to your friends or make a point of getting together with them more. You know, he also used the example of even little things. Like if you really love going to the movie theater and you say it's something that you really love doing, but you haven't been to the movie theater in the last four years, you know, if you stay on that track record, you won't really go to the movies very often. So you could go to the movies every single month if you if that's something you value. It's basically what he was saying. Yes, I like that, making it intentional. Claudio and I are in the process of trying to decide where we're going to go on our August vacation. This is probably airing closer to August than we're actually living right now. Yes, <laughs> um, we're recording in May. Yes, but, uh, you know, we're talking, both of us... You know, would we really have this desire? I've had it for a long time to go to Scotland, and you know, we maybe combine that with going to Ireland. And we've been talking about this. Oh, wouldn't it be you know fun and this and that and this and that? And I'm just like, but we got to go to the states, like, because we can't go, but we can't do both. We just don't have enough time, and you know, financial considerations as well. And we're like, either we're going to go to the states and stay with my mom, or we're going to go, you know, somewhere new like Ireland and Scotland, new for us. And I'm just like. 
I got to go where my mom is. I don't know how much time I have left with her. And I don't want to have those regrets that I have with my dad. And my son, you know, has had a very, very little amount of time with his grandmother. And I want to give him as much time as he can possibly have. And next winter, uh, next summer, in summer of 2023, we plan to go to Japan. And we won't be able to go to the States that year. And I'm like, I can't go three years without going there. So we're going to go to the States. We've all but made the decision, you know. And life is about these kinds of decisions and saying, well, what do I want to do more? Do I want to go travel and go someplace new and have an adventure? Or do I want to spend time with my mother? And there's no correct answer. It just depends on you and your situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very challenging. And it's weird, like, to bring it back to a place, you know. Uh, we've done a number of episodes now about me leaving Rome <laughs> because, you know, I have been I back a couple... always leave. Because I always leave, <laughs> and then I come back, and then I leave again. <laughs> because I can't, I'm, you know, I'm not moving here. Although Derek and I did have a conversation did about... You? <laughs> we didn't have a serious conversation. He basically just said, if you had an opportunity to move back here, like, it was a good opportunity. Good job, great place somebody offers you the rome prize for a year yeah well yeah you would take that would you move back and i said yes i would and he said yes i would for a time but yeah we're going like if there's a great opportunity we're not going okay let's figure out how we can financially stay in rome because we both don't think it's feasible currently from a financial standpoint and even from a visa standpoint to be honest Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's not a real consideration in that way. It's more just taking the temperature of like, how do you feel about the city now? Like this much past when you actually lived here, you know, cause it's been a long time since we lived here now too. It's been a really long time. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has been that long. It's been almost a decade now. Yeah. And it's, it's been almost as long cause when you moved to Rome, I had been in Rome nine years, almost 10. And it's been nine year, nine ish years since you've been away. So it's like your your li- time living in Rome was like halfway in the middle of my entire Rome experience. That's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way. I just thought about it for the first time right now. <laughs> well, dang, look, we're like learning things right here at the end of the time. I mean, but obviously like leaving in every of these episodes is different too. Like if you go back to season one and I'm leaving. You're crying. It's devastating, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's not like I want to leave. I'm not. You know, Derek and I are walking around being like, well, what other things do you really want to do before we're not here anymore? I certainly don't want to leave. Like, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I can't wait till the cab comes tomorrow at 630 and get me the heck out of here (laughs) and get back to my rip-roaring life over in Seattle. Like, I could not go back to Seattle for quite some time and be fine (laughs) with that. But it also isn't the deep devastation of um, living here and moving away. I understand that. Frankly, I think you're used to going away now. You get used to it. Yeah, maybe. And, or, or like, and there also seems to be a track record of coming back. So maybe you can convince yourself more that there will be another time. Mm-hmm. But if we go like on a larger scale of our conversation, it's like there always is the possibility that this is the last time. Yeah. And what do you do with that? I guess you just decide how important it is to you to spend more time here and make your choices accordingly mm-hmm. and your sacrifices. And there is so much else to see as well. There is so much to see. Who knows if I'll ever make it to Scotland? Yeah, I know. My mother wants to go to Scotland, too. And who knows if she'll ever make it to Scotland. Mm -hmm. Eventually, like you said, eventually I think you also get to a point where you don't want to do that kind of travel anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Unless you're my parents, my mom and my stepfather. <laughs> but, I mean, do you know that she loves making those trips, or does she love being in a different place? I mean, why wouldn't she, why would she do it if she didn't love it? Because you really want to see something. I mean, look at you, how, how, how much rigmarole you'll go through to see something. Go back to the garden episode that we did, <laughs> like a few episodes ago. The rigmarole you will go through to try to see some particular thing here in Rome. Maybe your mother just has that same characteristic. Perhaps, perhaps. Or maybe because she started traveling a little bit late in life. Maybe she's like, I'm making up for lost time. Yeah, she's trying to see as much of the world as she can. I'm going to make a list. Like the next time I see her, I'm going to sit down with her and I'm going to try to see how many countries she's been in. For someone who didn't go out of the United States except maybe to Canada until she was in her 40s, I think her number is going to be pretty impressive when I figure out what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Have you, um, so just to end, uh, besides kind of feeling like you have real regrets about not seeing your father more before he died and wanting to spend more time with your mother is there anything else that you sort of in thinking about that concept of time and of how limited time that you also want to reorder in your life coming out of the pandemic if perhaps we are it's I don't know Mm, I think I think I do want to travel more I think I need to make travel a priority in my life again even really short trips like weekend trips hell even day trips like I want to I want to travel more on a regular basis I don't want it to be just like okay every summer we'll go on a big trip no like I want to take more like weekend trips or short trips here and there because I used to travel all the time and yes I was single and I didn't have kids and I had a very flexible job Um, and so you know I let myself sort of fall into the idea the false idea that it was like too hard or you know not practical but the truth is life is short Okay, well, I'll challenge you to one thing since might as well end with a challenge for you. I mean, one of the wonderful benefits of living in Europe is that you are so close to so many different cultures. Uh, The United States is a massive country, and so you're often not as close to other cultures. I'm very close to Canada and Seattle. It takes a lot more for me to get into Mexico. But you're very close. You You can really change languages quickly if you if you want to. These countries are not as big as they look on the map or on the globe. But I mean, even for you in Italy, the train to Florence is so short comparatively um, in the two hours or whatever it takes for you to get to Florence. In Washington state, I still wouldn't be to the Canadian border. Like driving from Seattle north, I still wouldn't be to the Canadian border in two hours. And that's how close Florence is to you. So I would like to issue the challenge going back to the gardening episode that we just did um, three episodes ago or two episodes ago you mentioned this abandoned town that has been overrun Mm. by flora and fauna and is now considered one of the most beautiful gardens in the world about an hour 40 minutes away from Rome that seems like a great weekend trip for the whole family oh it's a date it's so easy I don't you could go while Aurelio's in school if your mother-in-law picks him up yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel like it's it's not the right time. I feel like it needs to be April. Okay. But I mean, there's beautiful vegetation at all times. True. True. Maybe if you go once, then you'll feel like you know it well enough to do it again. Okay. I will, I'll take your challenge within one year, within 365 days from today. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll try to remember. All right. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we leave this Roman adventure behind us? Not that you're leaving, but I am. I think uh, think we got it. 
I think we uh, I think we said it all. Well, thank you so much for your suggestions, those of you who wrote in and told us what you wanted to hear about. For those of you who wrote in and we didn't do your suggestion, you know, we just ran out of time. Everything got crunched. So I apologize to you for not getting it done. I will try to come back to Rome uh, so that we can do more suggestions in the future. And of course, this show continues if you donate. Monthly supporters, people who make large one-time donations, are, are the wind beneath our wings, the sails beneath our... Uh, above our ship. Okay, the <laughs> sails above our ship. Uh, I can't think of any other cliches. The duck feet beneath our feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Be the duck feet beneath our feathers. <laughs> and uh, give what little you can to support this show if it's something that you really enjoy. Also tell your friends about it or leave us a review. Uh, You can find links for all of this stuff in the show notes. You can also go to thebittersweetlife.net. And thank you so much for spending this time with us in Rome. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. Because once again, I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye.